Bad snap. Bobble. Oh, Scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, LSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Welcome into the Green and White Report. Ryan Collins, Trent Valley. Good to have TV back after a week off. And super producer Henry Menegos. How are we doing today, fellas? Immaculate. Yes. Let me paint you a quick. Let me paint you a quick picture this morning. I woke up without an alarm. I feel great. My mother made me some bacon for breakfast. I had wow. two glasses of milk, and I am ready to roll. So I'm doing great. You but Hank, I kind of cut milk? you off. Really excited. What'd you say? Chocolate milk. You had chocolate milk for breakfast. Yes, two tall glasses of it. <laughs> two tall boys. Two, but two tall like, boys of chocolate milk. <laughs> it's the kind you make though. Like I, we don't. Oh, buy like the it. Hershey, like yeah, syrup. Yeah, Hershey with milk, and it is bomb. But Hank, how are you? I'm doing great, and I just want to add that for everybody that wasn't in our uh, green and white group chat, this uh, this energy from Trent has been going for about a week, so. This is uh, this is about He's to be fired up. Yeah, it's gonna be a good episode. Well, listen, listen. I was not feeling well last week, obviously, and but then you know, I, I so so I took the week off from the show because I thought we'd be in person, and obviously with things switching back to remote, I could have done last week in hindsight, but yeah. I just it just got all funky and whatever. But I, I'm I'm glad to be back talking with you guys. Super Bowl weekend, lots of discussion. Yeah, we well, mentioned this last week. We're still remote. This we're recording this on Saturday morning. You guys are listening to it, obviously, on Sunday morning here at the Green and White Report. But hey, we're on there, so we'll take what we we can get at this point. But uh, yeah, big weekend, Super Bowl weekend. Got some Michigan State football to talk about today. Got some Michigan State basketball to talk about. Unfortunately, a little betting corner, a really fun Sparty Awards. Talking about Super Bowl, and, and just we're ready to roll this morning. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. There, there are some headlines, but I think first, Collins, we got to talk about the. Uh, I, I, can I even call it a fight from last what, night? The rough and rowdy last yeah, night. Yeah, uh, Jose Canseco, Billy Football. Yes. Yeah, it, it was. He he took a dive. Like it was fairly obvious he took a dive. Am I wrong? Well, I I, I love when they put the tail of the tape up there and just on paper it's a fifty-six-year-old versus a twenty-two-year-old. Like people <laughs> kind of forget that, you know. Everyone yeah. was like, oh, Jose Canseco's huge and. He's six foot four, and he he played baseball. It's like, bro, he's fifty six years old. Wow. He's twenty two. I don't well, know. I thought it was pretty funny. He said he tore his shoulder buffing out his car earlier or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that what he said? That's what he said. Yep. And they were like, "When did you know the shoulder was torn?" And he was like, four months ago." So yeah, he do- he dove for the money. He plunged. Good dove. Hey, he he, he got his money. Good for him. And Barstool's on a, I think they might be on a little bit of the hot seat, though. They can't have any more of those. They got to make sure their fights are going to be, you know, worth it. People aren't going to buy them. Well, that's like the thing, though, with all these like celebrities that are starting to fight now, like all the Logan Pauls, the Jake Pauls, like trying to get like these like exhibition and stuff like that, and rough and rowdy and stuff. You have to find like the certain like type of mutant that like wants to fight. Like Ash is like going to train, going to like whatever, and it's just not there for the check because there's so many, like, of these professional guys and just randos that just will do it for the check. So, yeah, I, 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 I – really 
Yeah, I don't either. I don't blame him either. So, I, I mean, I don't know. That was fun. And a good, good 20 seconds of my life yesterday watching Billy football. KO Jose Canseco. But other than that, what made you mad this week, Trent? Uh, just the amount of snow we're getting. I mean, I had to shovel yesterday with my brother. I know that sounds like uh, I'm just complaining. Like, you know, the roses are red over here, but it, it was, it's, it's just, it's the worst, you know, like you, and you get like 10 inches of snow and it's like heavy. We, we don't have a snowblower either. Not complain. I, I kind of enjoyed it. It was fun, but it's just knowing that you're going to have to go out and do it in a couple more hours because it just won't stop snowing over here on the West side of Michigan. I'll say this as someone who has, I mean, having a bigger driveway too is detrimental too. Like my driveway at home goes a little bit farther out than like maybe like the average driveway. And, and it's just, it's fine. It's like whatever you get your headphones, whatever you do that. But like, it's a thankless job. It really is because it, it, once you're like, you're done doing it. Like you're, you're looking at your mom and dad and you're like, and they don't like thank me or something. And they're like, yeah. I mean, I I put a roof over your head. The least you could do is shovel the walk. I'm like, yeah, you're right. right. And, it, no, that, that's, you're like, yeah. that's so accurate because you get done and you feel so accomplished. You feel so proud of yourself. And then you're like, that really, I should just be doing that anyways, but whatever. Yeah, I know. And so this is a, yeah, I probably should not let my six-year-old father do that. I probably, the 21-year-old and myself should probably do that. But Hank, what made, what made you mad this week? Uh, you know, I, I mean, we're going to get into this later, so I guess I'll bring it up now that, uh, we got a little bit of the lion's treatment with the, the Spartans this week. You know what I'm saying? Where they kind of suck you back in. That's, yeah. that's what happened to me. I was watching the Iowa game thinking, oh man, here we go. You know, this uh, is the lion's treatment. The lion's treatment. Yeah. So I'm calling it now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I subscribe to that, Hank. Yeah. It's pretty similar. It is. Yeah. Is it, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Cause we were kind of out on the MSU and then you're watching this game thinking, I don't know. They could they could make a run here. <laughs> it did look better against Iowa. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit later after some MSU football and some Super Bowl stuff. But yeah, they did look better against Iowa. Still didn't matter. Didn't get a didn't get the whistle that they needed if they were going to win at Iowa. Because I mean, if Lucas doesn't get every call, you're you're just not going to beat Iowa. <laughs> like it, it, it's you're just not going to. So it is what it is. I think a good. Uh... You know, a good drinking game for these college students would be to take a shot every time someone mentions how good Luca Garza's positioning is because they mention it at least 15 times a half. It is ridiculous. Oh, look at Luca Garza getting down the floor and in position. Okay, sweet, cool. Now what, like like 20 points? This is actually great synergy because what made me mad this week is college college basketball officiating Luca Garza. I don't under, and this is not even just like don't say a mission say Homer like you can say what you want. I'm talking about I'm watching Ohio State Iowa. I think on Thursday. Yep. And I watched that video as well. Yeah, EJ Liddell is standing there, and if he like jumps into your arm, that's just not a foul. Don't call it or like yeah. it, it. Just it infuriates me. Also, well, and Luke, guys go guys go straight up against him too because he's not athletic. So like he yeah. he doesn't really get that much height. So guys like Marcus Bingham will literally just go straight up and then Garza jumps into him. And then they – literally just what you said. Tweet. Yeah. There, tweet yeah. I mean, it, college basketball officiating is obviously like the worst because I, the way the rules are set up are just horrible. Like they need to reconstruct the rule book and stuff. And by the way, why are they – like after someone flops, I really need to get the flop signal after. Yeah, stop the whistle, do the stupid – flop thing with the like two arms looking like I, 
it, it's just so dumb. College basketball officiating made me mad this week. I, I've been watching a lot of college hoops recently, and, and it's just so bad. I don't know how, like, I don't know how you could be your like, like the charge thing, whatever. That's been bad for like forever because like the right. charges and block calls are just so inconsistent. But like, I just don't. It's so inconsistent with like the straight up. Like you, you'll see. Hoggard get hammered and in at like Iowa and then like Garza gets barely touched like on his right elbow and they're like up oh, going to line and one I'm like guys can we get some sort of consistency just any well that's the that's the weird thing is because in college that's the dynamic there's no real star treatment unless there's like there's like four guys in the entire country that get the star treatment and then it's just it's it's not even fair it's like a one-sided affair from there whatever yeah, I, I, I just I don't I, know. I, I concur with you actually. That made me mad as well this week. Good, good answer. Okay, but hey, Super Bowl Sunday. We're, we're gonna talk a lot about it. Hey, you guys, any plans for the game? Like, do you, do you guys go all out for the Super Bowl, or is it just like one of the, another night, another Sunday of the year? Because I got some takes about the Super Bowl. You got some takes. We'll just just let them go. I'll, I just, I'll say I, this. I, 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 <laughs> Me and my buddies were talking about like what are the best sports events and stuff. And I'm a golf guy, and, and so I, and I'm March Madness guy. So I was obviously like, March Madness is number one, obviously. March Madness number one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not close. And then I'm like Masters, Ryder Cup, whatever. And then my buddies like, "We're Super Bowl Sunday." I'm like, I don't even think it's like on my list because I, I like Super Bowl Sunday. It's nice. It's fun. Like, I, if this makes any sense as a sports guy, I enjoy the outside parts of Super Bowl Sunday more than the game and Super Bowl Sunday, like, in general. That is but fair. That's because, true because on Super Bowl Sunday, suddenly everyone watches, you know, like, everyone's a fan of the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I just, like, just, I like the food. I like yes. the, the appetizer. And, and that's a part of it, so I mean, maybe that's unfair to say. I'm just saying I would rather watch week one of the NFL than have Super Bowl Sunday. That's more well, about – that's a better day. <laughs> I get to watch the Lions. Yeah, yeah, I get that, but still, it's just a better day. I don't care what anyone says. It, like, the week one college football, week one, like, I, I, those are, like, those are two top days of the year for me. Okay, actually, that's a great take. I completely agree. Week one of the NFL season is completely better. The, I the just juice. don't get it. Like, I, I really don't get the whole, like, Oh, we gotta we gotta lock in for the Super Bowl. Let's go get a twenty four pack. I'm like, no, I'm recovering from the night before. I'm gonna get some pizza, <laughs> some hot wings, make some buffalo chicken dip, and I'm gonna uh, drink a lot of water. I'm just, I, I don't know. Also, Super Bowl should be on a Saturday. It doesn't make any sense to me. Just do it, because, especially because they get the two weeks off. It's just not even on like Saturday. Everyone complains is like, oh well. Why don't they just give everyone the Monday off after? How about you make the game on Saturday, NFL? No one would care. <laughs> no one would care. Super Bowl Saturday right. works the same as Super Bowl Sunday. Gosh, I've, so never se- I've never seen someone so worked up about the Super Bowl this way. I don't do. I don't I know. Either, but I kind of love it. I, I, it's I, a I agree with you. System. It's These a are all very system. good points. I never. They never occurred to me before, but they're all very good points. <laughs> no, it's just annoying because people just uh, are so. Like adamant and say, oh, why do we have school on Monday? Oh, why do we have work? Just make the game on Saturday. Literally, like college basketball would take a week off if you're like, hey, here's like a mill. Well, uh, just to take that. Like, who's going to watch college basketball over the Super Bowl? Zero people. Maybe right. like the one like lunatic like me if I have like money on OU versus like 
UMBC. But like everyone will watch the Super Bowl on the Saturday. Just make it on Saturday. Oh, I can't disagree. I love I the Super disagree. Bowl too. I love the Super Bowl. You in think a, they would ever change it? No, they can't. I don't. I think it's all like I, they have like that name trademark and all that stuff. So I, financially, I don't think they could. But whatever. I don't know. Do you guys like the commercials? Look- Do you like the commercials, Trent? And and, and spoiler, that's me. Our Sparty Awards today. Our favorite Super Bowl commercials. Well, the thing with the, you know, the commercials, they used to be a lot better. They've definitely taken a nosedive because now, and it's not necessarily for the wrong reasons. You know, like people are just trying to get a little more, you know, they're making statements now and things like that. And they're going for shock value as opposed to humor. And that just kind of as a fan, that kind of stinks because we are here for the humor. Hank is more a little more artistic and technical than me and TV. And (laughs) I'm going to ask you, Hank. Can someone explain to me why you would just, like, release your commercial before the game? Yeah, I, that's a good question because they're all – It's so dumb. Now. Yeah, I'm it's not a marketing so, like, guy. You already really, see but... them already. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then they, they took some of them off already. Like, they, they were supposed to be on, and now they're, they're taken out of the Super Bowl because they just released them already. Well, so I love the pe- – they're like, this, is, this Super Bowl is too dirty to be played at the uh, – during the Super Bowl, it's bands. It's like you're watching YouTube. I'm like – I don't think they ever banned you. You just probably – sorry, Devour. <laughs> no one wants to, like, have a sexual, like, microwave – microwavable food commercial, like, for the eighth year in a row. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good example. Yeah. But we'll get into more of the game and Chiefs box a little bit later. But before that, we haven't talked about Michigan State football in- maybe like a month, maybe a little bit longer than that. But signing day was this Wednesday. Not a whole lot of news. Uh, moderate amount of news because early on Wednesday morning, you lose Rashawn Benny to Michigan, which was a big stronghold for this recruiting class. And, and especially on a defensive line that will get thin after this year. Um, that hurt. It did. And especially losing to your rival. That's, not, that's never great either. But, uh, I mean, they pick up another – they pick up a big get, though, from Louisiana. Keon Cole commits to play ba- football and basketball. He's going to try and play basketball, but he's going to be on a football scholarship. Uh, he, he's pretty athletic. I've only seen his basketball highlights, I, to be honest. I've never really seen him play football. But he's considered a like, high three-star, low four-star. He, he's a pretty talented guy. But, Hank, I, I, Hank and Trent, I just want to ask you, like – I remember when Matt Trandon played two sports at Michigan State. That's the last guy I can remember. Maybe Deion Sims played for a year. He tried to play basketball and football. I I would love Michigan State to have a two-sport athlete. That's just so interesting. I love it. It is. It's it's juice, too. And the thing is, is what is he playing uh, basketball? Is he a guard? Point guard, so shooting guard. He sits four. He's a big dude. He's, if you watch his mid-state, he's pretty good at basketball. So he catches he catches touchdowns on uh, Saturday, and then he he gets buckets on Sunday. He actually, you know what? He has the athletic ability to the point where he could, you know, because he's going to walk on to the basketball team. That's the word, yeah. you know. And then, yeah, because his scholarship is through football. But you know, he he's going to play, like he's going to get snaps in football, obviously. And then it's like there's a real possibility that he plays, you know, seventh, eighth man minutes on the basketball team in a couple years. It'll yeah. be interesting to see because if you look at the guard situation MSU has going on right now, it's like I don't know how much longer Rockets oh, gonna God. be here. I don't know and either. We'll we uh, 
I'm dreading Definitely talking good. about Michigan State basketball. Can we just enjoy talking about Michigan State football right now? Because I'm dreading talking some Michigan State basketball right now. But, I mean – Yeah, welcome, Keon Coleman. Welcome to East Lansing. Uh, I mean, Tucker, for what he had, I think they did a pretty good job recruiting. Um, if you look at it just from a broad standpoint, a lot more national kind of push, a lot of West Coast guys that, than they usually got. And that's probably just from the fact that he was at Colorado and he's been recruiting these kids, and they just kind of came over. So I'm interested to see what happens next year when he can actually get guys on campus, hopefully, once the pandemic slows down. So I'm not going to judge on this class, but it was fine. It was a pretty good class for not being able to get anyone into your facilities, not getting any, like, face-to-face interaction, basically, except for, like, two weeks when he got in there. And he got in there late. People forget, like, D'Antonio, what, retired in February? So I I, I, I think the clock on Mel Tucker and, and what his ceiling, like, things is going to start next year. And, and yesterday – was it yesterday released the schedule? Or was it Thursday? Yep. So they released the schedule, and and there were some questions that maybe that MSU's non-conference would be jacked up after last year. But I I think they're just basically taking last year off with their non-conference schedule. I think they'll probably maybe figure out a way that they can play BYU in the future at BYU, but they're not going to move at those non-conference games next year. So in the non-conference for the Spartans, they got Youngstown State at home at Miami, which I'm going to try and go to and then at home against Western Kentucky. And then when you look at the Big Ten schedule and the beginning of the schedule, you got to be jumping up if you're a Michigan State fan because they've gifted you a pretty, like, easy start. And I'll start off. Week one at Northwestern will be tough because Northwestern is just a well-oiled machine, and Michigan State has trouble playing Northwestern regardless of what happened last year. Go at Northwestern, home against Youngstown State, at Miami – and then you get Nebraska, Western Kentucky at Rutgers. Those are four very winnable games in the first six weeks of the year. And then you and then you get into the teeth of it with at Indiana, you get your bye week, you get Michigan at home, at Purdue, Maryland, at Ohio State, and then they end the season with Penn State. Just looking at that schedule, Trent, like, are you with me in saying that I think it's a very, very manageable schedule? Other than Ohio State, Penn State, the end of the year, you don't really have back-to-back, like, oh, we we are, like, this is a tough stretch like Michigan State has had in previous years. Yeah, it, I, I like the schedule, um, you know, for the Spartans for sure. Um, first of all, though, it, it, why – tell me I'm wrong. The Spartans play Ohio State and Penn State back-to-back every year. It seems like yes. that's, that's just always a thing. I don't know why that's a thing, but it always is, and it's always towards the end of the season, and it always kind of derails some stuff. But I in general – I'm kind of psyched for week one against Northwestern. Like that's going to be a good game. That's, that's always a tough game, but that's going to be a good litmus, litmus test because, yes. I mean, you. first of all, I love the week one against a Big Ten opponent, and then you can kind of go back into the non-conference. I just like it. Juices up the fans a little bit. But that's going to be a good, you know, measuring stick kind of. You know, we talk about Mel Tucker finally getting his second group of guys in here and stuff, and then, you know, next season the expectations are going to be a little higher than they were this year with all the uncertainty. But – you're right, Collins. Like, if just looking at this, looking at this schedule, it's hard not to see 500. I'm serious. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know what that expectations are going to be like because this is me. I, I have, I mean, I didn't watch Anthony Russo at Temple. I've seen him play before. He's not bad. I don't know if he starts. I don't know if Peyton Thorne keeps the job. I like 
there's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. And, and like, you got some grad transfers coming in. You got some just transfers in general coming in. You got that joiner kid from Auburn who was a former five-star. You got that kid, Drew Jordan, who was a fi- former five-star coming in from Duke. You got a kid from Arkansas State on the offensive line. Like, I, there's a lot of moving parts here. And, and I, I don't believe in their defense going forward. Their secondary is just – I think that's probably going to be decimated by the start of the next year. So, I, I don't think they – can sustain like a maybe an eight and four year, but like six and six and seven and five, the schedule is doable. Yep. I, I and at this point of Tucker, I mean, you're right, Trent. We'll see what it looks like at Northwestern, but I, I like seven and five. You, you're not mad about. Like, yeah, I think seven and five should be the goal next year, and, and then after that, and then you start getting more serious. You're like, okay, let, now that you got a couple of your guys in. You've seen what you can do. You dealt with the pandemic already. Now let's start. Let's see some actual huge improvement. And I think the only thing that would scare Michigan State fans say they lose to Northwestern, lose to Miami, lose, like they could go one and two easily, pretty easily. Yeah, they, they could. They could yep. if you look at it. But I, I don't know. I, from my standpoint, I know Miami's probably going to be a top fifteen team preseason. Northwestern, I don't know if they'll be ranked to start the year, but like. They're not world beaters. You're not playing. You're not playing Ohio State week three. Like you know what I mean. Like so. For I don't sure. know. Hank, right. Hank what do you, you think? Start, you could start one and two, but you could also start three and zero. Yeah, Hank. What what do you like? What one game on the schedule do you look forward to? Other than Michigan, because I think everyone looks forward to that. Well, I was looking forward to. I think we were supposed to have Miami at home. Last that year, sucks. Right? I know. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. We lost that. Um, but I just wanted to say maybe more important even than the schedule, like the. Uh, the final, um, you know, if you go six and six, seven and five, whatever, probably more important than that even is getting rid of those fluky losses that they had last season. I mean, getting yeah. blown out by Indiana and, you know, just those bad, bad losses where they just looked like they couldn't even play football. I think that's more important in Tucker's second year. To just not, not get hammered and just be competitive. Yeah, you got to be competitive in every game is probably the most important thing in, in Mel Tucker's second year. Because he does – he's we, we still give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but – Less, less so. I mean, you're not gonna, we're not going to give you, you know, that thirty point blowout anymore. Like that's that's no. got to be gone. You know, I I think this year, I think he'll still have a lot of like, let him build, let him build. This is another, this is a process for whatever. But like, you're right, Hank. You got to be like, you can't get, you can't have a seven turnover game. You can't have stuff like. There's just a few things you can't do. And, like, you can't go, like, to Purdue and get hammered. You know what I mean? Like, you can't mm-hmm. – you got to play Michigan competitive. They beat Michigan last year. So, like, they proved they could play competitive against good football teams. They did. It was just the inconsistency. And they got another year in their system. I, I'm curious to see what they do on the defensive side of the football because I, the one thing I really did like what Mel Tucker and Scotty Hazleton and the rest of the defensive staff did is kind of adjust to the personnel – and what and what they were playing defensively, like their defensive front was way better than I ever expected it to be. Like they, like see what you want. Like Ohio State had like third or second stringers in at the offensive line. They were getting getting the fields almost all day. They might not have been able to tap on, but you know what I'm saying. Like they like, sure. proved against pretty solid talent that they, they can get movement up front. So I, I'm excited to see what the defense looks like. I'm excited to see what the offense looks like. I, I still got questions about Jay Johnson. I think that that might be a storyline we'll see this year. It, 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 because I, Jay Johnson should have got the benefit of the doubt this year because 
Yeah. I mean, not having they, it's pretty hard to install an offense like from February and you get no spring football, you get your season canceled, and then you're just doing Zoom meetings. So I I I think it's it, it was pretty unfair. A lot of us criticized Jay Johnson. I, I'm still gonna criticize his fourth down play calling and stuff like that, but I, I, I'm interested to see if there's any improvements to that. Yeah, no, that, that's that's very fair. And you know what? I think a big part of that is, and I don't mean to go back to the week one game against Northwestern, but if you kind of look at what happened this past season, week one against Rutgers, your offense looked terrible, and then that kind of set this – it left a bad taste in your mouth for the rest of the season, really. I mean, yeah. you beat, obviously you beat Michigan. We know how the whole season went. But, you know, Hank, you're right. You can't get skunked and stuff. But as far as the offense goes, it's just going to be – it all starts with the quarterback, though. And I, that, that's what's actually kind of interesting because, you know, as, as you know, the Spartan fans aren't going to know much clarity on the quarterback situation until probably what, like April, May? I don't yeah. know. So that, that, know. that's something to keep an eye on. There's like well, three yeah, candidates for the quarterback job. That's one thing, too, is that's something that I think Tucker has to – that decision can't be made in the middle of the season like it was last year, you know what I mean, where they were just right. kind of back well, and forth. I, it's got, well, it's got to be more – Jay Johnson is definitely going to have his pick of the litter, and then we're going to be able to kind of up the expectations there. Right, yeah. Reading all the tea leaves, it seems like Russo's on a start. Reading the tea leaves, that was pretty good, man. No, I thank you. But am I wrong? Like, everything that I've seen, he's all over their social media. I think Tucker's praised him a lot. It seems like Russo's on a start. I'm personally in the camp that I would rather see Peyton Thorne. Right. Because, I mean – I, I think he'd probably can give you the same thing Russo can. I could be wrong, but I, I'm in the camp that I would like to see Peyton Thorne because, I mean, what is a grad transfer really going to do for you for one year and when you're building up a new program? You might And maybe you get Hamp Faye some snaps or whatever. I, I You know what I mean? Like, I just want to see a guy that's going to be here in the future, get an opportunity to play. But I digress. That's the end of our Michigan State football talk. We probably won't talk about them again until spring football or whatever they're doing for spring football kind of starting up and, and we're seeing some headlines. We were going to talk about the Super Bowl Nets, but since we're talking MSU sports and we've talked, we've hinted at basketball, we should probably just talk about basketball right now. And Michigan State, 8-7 and seven overall, 2-7 and seven in the bid 10. Lost a close one to Iowa on Tuesday. I, I mean, probably the best team they've played maybe since Duke. Like, I think so. Yeah, probably the best team they've played since Duke. They played Nebraska tonight. But you guys already know the outcome when you're listening to this. Um, first of all, this seems not even maybe not, not even on the bubble right now. They're not going to the tournament right now, point blank. And you look at their schedule; they still got some like big. They, they have some opportunities to get back in the conversation. But it, it, like, if the odds of this team are making the tournament, it, like it's probably like fifteen percent. Yeah, I, look, here's the problem here is that you're right, Collins, if the season were to end today, this team is not even close. I mean, they're, they're, they're just above 500, and all, they, you know, they don't have a signature win this year because the, that Duke game is not impressive. You know, that, 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 that Rutgers win is not as impressive as you thought it was early on. But, if, if I mean, if you look at the schedule here, I'm not going to say Purdue would be a signature win, but you got to probably beat – Purdue, Iowa, and or Ohio State, or Michigan, of course, to really solidify yourself as kind of that bubble team. Because here's the thing I think we all know 
is if Michigan State's on the bubble, they're going to make the tournament. Yes. That's just what it's going to be because, you know, they'll make it as a 10 seed or whatever or, or a play-in or something. I mean, what's it all? Look at Miles Bridges. They were like a nine seed somehow that yeah. year. And I think, what were they, like 19 and 13? Like, it, it was a bizarre – I mean, they deserved to make the tournament. I'm not saying that team didn't deserve, but, like – you get you get beneficial treatment for being a program like Michigan State, who's proven you can win a nine state tournament. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, the NCAA wants a program like Michigan State there, even if it's just a bubble team or whatnot. So that's that's the thing. Like if Michigan State is on the bubble, and I know that's not even a black or white thing. It's kind of just everyone's discretion. But if they're on the bubble, they're going to make it. And and you know, I'm still of the I'm still of the mindset that they're just going to find a way to back in, sneak in. Whether that's you know winning the Big Ten tournament, who knows? A, yeah, we'll figure it out. They're gonna make it. They're gonna be there in March. But if you look, you know this Nebraska game tonight. Obviously, you do you actually believe that though, Trent? Like I, I tell myself that. Like I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, no, what Michigan State? And they're gonna beat Iowa today. This is Michigan State basketball. Come on! And then they, and then they, they hit seven threes and they're only up two. And it's Iowa. You're <laughs> seven for seven for three. They're like up two. I'm like, this is not good. Like they're playing yeah. out of their mind and they're up two. Oh. No, it's 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 funny you say that because that's that's how it is. Um, it's like, is, do do I believe that? I I don't know if I believe it, but I I do tell myself that because this team has not missed the tournament in my lifetime. So no, like, kind of like it's it's gonna happen, right? Like they're they're not they're not missing the tournament. I'm gonna find a way to make it, and I just so, and I so, and I but I do though. I do believe that. I do believe that like Tom Izzo is gonna figure this out here, and you're gonna get a win against either Iowa, Purdue, Ohio State, or Michigan. And then, you know, say you beat Maryland, say you beat Indiana. I know that's a lot of, you know, shoe-in games there. Penn State's not great. So you, 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 can, I, I, you I, can pick I, up some wins here and be two or three games above 500, make a decent run in the Big Ten tournament, be a bubble team and make it. I absolutely think that's going to happen. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this. This Nebraska game's huge because it's just – They have to win. It's, it's, a, another, it's, yeah. it's a game that you literally have to win. If they lose that one, they drop the 500. And, and when people listen to this, the, the game will already be done. It'll either be like – the team is literally in shambles or yeah. working on the up and up again. They just need what, – what's the term we like, Colin? Springboard? This Nebraska yes, – uh, Yeah. Because you, you didn't look bad against Iowa at all. No. People actually no. were picking the Spartans to win that one in an upset for some reason. And they came out firing, hitting threes. And I think that's the biggest thing right now with this team is the confidence is so low. They fought. They, that, that was the one thing. It's always like upset that like they weren't tough and all that stuff. I thought they fought pretty hard. I, and – this team all year, I mean, they got killed on the on the defensive glass, which is something Michigan State teams can't do because that's like that, that's their whole style plays rebound, get out, and run. Yep. And, and especially with this team that's not good in half court offense, like that that's something you have to do. And they, if you can't defensive rebound, especially against a team like Iowa who can fill it up, yeah, it's gonna be a long day. Like, and, and Michigan State shot the ball great, and it didn't matter because they didn't rebound. I thought they showed toughness, so they go down like nine with like three minutes left and they get an opportunity with like 30 seconds to tie the game. So I, I thought they showed some grit, um, but you look at the schedule, they played Nebraska, they played Nebraska yesterday for everyone that's listening. And then you get Penn state, Iowa at home, Purdue on the road, Indiana on the road, home against Ohio state on the road at Maryland. And then you end the season at home on March 7th against Michigan. So when you look at that, you probably, if you, Beat Iowa, you can't, you can't lose Penn State, can't lose Nebraska. You got to beat a team like Iowa or Ohio State or Michigan, one of those, and you just got to beat Indiana, Purdue, Maryland. If you're one of three against Ohio State, Michigan, 
and and in Iowa and you win the rest of your games, there's probably a good opportunity that you're going to have a chance to make the tournament. Yeah, well, that, that's kind of what I'm looking at too, Collins. you got eight games left. I think the Spartans go five and three, and then they, they at, at least, I mean, they could go six and two or they could flip the switch, whatever. But I, I see – I definitely see them – They would still need to do more work in the Big Ten tournament, but – Yeah. Oh, I, it, sure. But if they – you know, if they finish the season four games above 500 with all the – you know, because – you know, like, let's be honest, the committee is going to take into account the fact they didn't play for 20 days, like all that stuff, too. So everyone just take a deep breath here. But, Hank, I want to get your thoughts. Like, what? how confident are you that this team makes a tournament? I kind of like what you're confident. No. Okay, go, Hank. Sorry, I'm not. Well, I'm I mean, not. from what we've seen, yeah, there's no reason to be confident. But, but something about an Izzo coach team, I mean, we've seen this, not to this scale, but we've kind of seen this year after year where they kind of – Hit, hit the ground running at the right time. You know I mean? They, they have yeah. that mid-season lull, which this one's definitely quite the lull. But, uh, I mean, we yeah. just see they, – they usually get it going by the, the end of the year. So, historically speaking, we should be somewhat confident in Izzo to get, to get this team going. But I, you're, just, you're still waiting for – and I think Henry kind of did it last game to start, to start that first half, where you're just waiting for someone to just take the charge, you know? Just, yeah. just, just grab the reins and, and lead this team to the promised land, if you will, you know? And I'm I think Henry's be, the guy. I think, I think yeah. it's got to be Henry. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Just cut the rotation. I don't care who's playing. Just cut it. No one gets a feel ever. Like, you, 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 you're playing guys for, like, three to four minutes, and then, you like, doing line changes. This is bad. I need some feel out of some of these guys. Like, yeah. Henry, Henry Hauser and Langford are the only guys who get substantial minutes consistently. And then the rest is just, like, a feeling out process. Yeah, well, pick that's eight, the thing. Pick the eight Iowa- guys and get, get it over with. After the Iowa game, we got Tom Mizzle saying, you know, this team isn't deep enough. I disagree. I think the team's too deep. I think you got to figure it out, like, you know, and, and I'll say this, you know, especially coming down the stretch here, you're going to play Travion Williams again. You're going to play Luca Garza again. You're going to play Dickinson from Michigan. You have – Marcus Bingham needs more minutes. Yes. Just, just because – He was good. He played – the weird thing about Bingham, he plays good against good teams and struggles against, like, poor teams. He's a – He's a mystery. He is a mystery, but you're right, Trent. You're right. That, that's the biggest thing for me. That is the biggest thing for me, and it's weird because coming into the season, I never would have ever, ever, ever guessed that because I thought he was going to be the odd one out, and he sort of has been. But I'm looking at the schedule, and you're looking at the way the Spartans play. Like Malik Hall plays so hard, but he's given up six inches against guys. Thomas Kithier plays so hard, but he's given up five inches, and he's not quick enough. Marcus Bingham is your best option to guard these big guys. I'm not saying he's going to shut yeah. them down. You obviously don't have Tillman like you did last year in that safety net. But that, to me, is one area where it's like clearly the Spartans need Marcus Bingham. Not, I'm not saying he's got a starter play, starter minutes even, just 15 minutes. You don't need it. You, you, you know, three minutes a game is not enough out of Marcus Bingham. And that's just, that's just me. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah. I, I also – one thing – the one thing I think has kind of been undershadowed this year is that their lack of low post scoring. And I know they didn't really have a ton of low post scoring last year. It was more high pick and roll stuff. But Michigan State historically throws the ball down on the block, and they play inside out usually. And I think the one guy who can actually do that is Julius Marble, like in some sort of capacity. He's shooting like 70% from the floor this year, I saw. I, I, I agree. Bingham – I th- ever since Izzo kind of got on Bingham for not caring about basketball, he's been better, like a lot better. I think you got to go Bingham, Marble, and then you mix in Kithier and Hall. But Hall is a four or a three. 
and they don't they, they've mi- they haven't misused him but he doesn't get enough minutes for my liking if he got a feel, he's a good basketball player and has a good feel and plays hard so i, I even if Malik all struggled against Iowa he did but i mean whatever i mean you're, you're going to get Gabe Brown back i believe tonight and that's Nebraska right yeah which I don't think is a massive piece, but it, it's just another win guy you can have off the bench who can shoot a little bit. Point guard still a mystery. I don't know what they're doing. They're starting Rocket, Hodder, and Foster like every other game. Um, I, I, I've been in the Foster camp because I think the offense just moves better, but, I mean, he doesn't hit shots. Yeah. Like, the offense looks better. Him. He doesn't take them. He was, he was more aggressive against Iowa, and the offense was way better. When he takes those shots, it makes the offense better. He's got to make them. And I just – I'll never fathom it that he can't make those shots because I watched a kid in high school and he was lights out. But, I mean, it is what it is. And Rocket's a mystery too. And you saw a little bit of the Rocket you saw last year against Iowa. That was an encouraging thing. You saw, like, the best of everyone kind of against Iowa. Everyone kind of – like, Hauser kind of got going, hit a couple deep threes, got him on the low block, got some fouls. And then you saw Langford getting open looks after open looks. And I know I was no world beater on the defensive end, but it was encouraging to see the offense perk up just a little bit. But I mean, yeah, and it's like you said, that was the best. They, that was the best this team has looked since the game against Duke back in December. So it's kind of like a little bit of a breath of fresh air because you're going into the home stretch of the season here, the most important stretch if you want to keep your tournament streak alive. And you know, they they at least. You weren't supposed to be at Iowa, and they didn't, but they hung in there. Collins, you're right. They were pesky. They didn't go away. They got down nine in the second half and still had a shot to tie it at the end. So, whatever. A lot of answers going to be – a lot of questions going to be answered here the next three games, I think. But yes. you, you have to win against Nebraska. You have to win against – And that's two games or must win. to give Iowa another go. That's two, that's two games or must win. And Penn, I'm not going to dismiss Penn State. Penn State's pretty good. Like, they lost Lamar Stevens and Mike Watkins, and they've, like – People kind of forget like they're everyone else on their team is back and they're not bad, and, and they're a pretty good defensive minded team, led by a couple of guys like Brockington, uh, that number that Wheeler Wheeler's a really good defender at point guard. So I, I, I'm not going to overlook Penn State, who gave Michigan State trouble last year at home. People forget that where Cassius Winston didn't make that free throw, and, yeah. and, and the Spartans lose to Penn State. But that's some Michigan State basketball talk. I know it's excruciating for Michigan State fans because you're just. The one thing you can hang your hat on every year is, okay, like football, they struggled a little bit this year, but at least we got basketball. Like, at least we got – like, Israel will figure it out. And right now it doesn't look like it. And so, I don't know. We'll see in the next three to four games if this team has a chance to make the tournament at an at-large bid. But, I don't know. They're in bad shape right now. But let's move on. Let's, stay, let's dive into the Super Bowl a little bit. And we're going to start off with our Sparty Awards. This week we're doing our top four favorite Super Bowl commercials. I, I don't know who came up with this idea in the doc, but all the credit to them. That's all Trent, man. Uh, I, I, Hank, I was hoping you maybe did it. I don't know. Hey, 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 I will kiss babies and sign some autographs later. This is <laughs> a fun little segment here. We, but I, you know what? In all honesty, I think of these things because I want to hear Collins' answers. It's literally just that. Like I, Well, what's it called? When, uh, Hank, I, I – my uh, when the I think we did a Sparty Awards two weeks ago against the Nick characters. The one thing we missed when we're remote, we don't get Hank getting giving the buzzer when it's good or bad. Just I think Hank was like telepathic last time we did the Sparty <laughs> Awards when he's doing the John Cena like on cue when we're talking about the Fred movie. It was unbelievable. So uh, um, 
Do you want to start off, Trent? Sure, sure. I'll start off. I, my 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 favorite Super Bowl Super Bowl commercial ever is the Doritos Crystal Ball. I know everyone's seen it. Everyone's it's it's like overplayed, but it's 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 pretty funny. The guy has a snow globe and he calls it his his you know crystal ball, and he can see into the future. And then he says free Doritos at lunch today, and then he throws it at the vending machine. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then the other guy wants a job promotion, and he hits his boss in the crotch. I, I, I'll say this. I, I have a Doritos one on my board, but it's not that one. So Doritos, Doritos usually bring the one the with heat. the dog. No, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. No, I'll just tell you right now. No, I'll let the listeners wait a little bit. If we're going <laughs> my number one, number one, my favorite commercial. I watch this like on YouTube all the time. Terry Tate office linebacker, Reebok. Terry Tate office linebacker is one of my all-time favorite YouTube videos. Like I watch it, like it's so quotable. This is uh, like the, the idea of him getting injured by a mail cart. So you, you think the yeah. pain's going stop me? I live for the pain. He's just like, in it. it's awesome. Like the alter, like the Ray, like Lewis alter ego, just trucking random people in an office setting makes me laugh forever. It's so funny. And then there's like Terry Tate two where they draft another office linebacker that, 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 but Terry Tate's to like trying to get him. He's still in his prime. I, I love Terry Tate offense linebacker. That's my favorite Super Bowl commercial. That's a good pick. Hank, do you, do you have four Hank or are you going to just do no, that? I'm going to do, I'm going to do the honorable mentions at the end. I'm going to do what we missed. All right. All right. So I'll circle back. Um, I forget what phone line this was for. I want to say it was like T-Mobile or Metro PCS, but Ozzy Osbourne and Justin Bieber. This was a little bit of a sleeper. Like, I don't know if you guys – I don't even know what you're talking about, Trent, to be honest. So, uh, Justin Bieber, Ozzy's trying to promote the new 6G something, and, like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, he's, like, you know, doing the – it's like in Rocky II when he's doing the commercial and he has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So, Ozzy's doing the thing. That's a sad part. I don't like that part in Rocky. Yeah, They're They're all making fun of Rocky, and I don't like it. But Ozzy's doing his thing. But he's not really cutting it. He's not really getting it done. So they bring in Bieber, and Bieber gets it done. He's like, it's a 6G fever or whatever, and winks at the camera. This is like prime Justin Bieber. This is like 2012. And then Ozzy just, just goes, what's 6G? What's a Bieber? It's kind of funny. I don't know. Yeah, I remember that one. That's a good one. Good. I love Ozzy. I'm an Ozzy guy. Okay. I don't know where I go next because, like I said, I like Super Bowl commercials, but, like, I don't know if I go to the emotional one or like, cause I, I did some research this morning when I woke up. So I, I'll go to the emotional one. The Clydesdale one in 2013 where wow. he, he like raises the, like the horse and stuff. And then he gives him away and he goes to see the Budweiser, like Clydesdale's like in downtown Chicago, he's getting in his car. He's like all sad that he, like the horse doesn't remember him. And then the horse is bolting down the street and they like have a moment. I, Shout those all run together for me. Those run together for me. Like there's there's a lot of those like emotional Budweiser commercials and they're good, but like I don't I can't. I shed a tear watching that commercial this morning. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm and I'm not like trying to play this up as dramatic. I actually shed a tear. I was like, this is this is a, this pulls at the heartstrings. So that that's my second favorite. It, it, I, you got to do it in a couple of ways because you can't just go all funny because there's like. Like you gotta have a little bit of emotional, a little bit of pump up. Like I, I, you gotta play it. I don't know. You gotta like diverse your portfolio. You gotta get the emotions the going. Awards. You gotta get the emotions all going because that makes the funnier ones even better. 
Yes. You know what I'm saying? Sure. When, when your emotion levels are just going up and down. Yeah, it's a, it's like you got to cl- cleanse the palate with a different there type you of go. food. Nice. Yeah. You got to wet the beak. I don't know. I, that has nothing to do with that. But <laughs> I've, I, been trying to, I've been trying to use that metaphor all day. Well, that but, metaphor no. did not work there, but let's move on. <laughs> Okay, 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 yeah. okay. All right, my third pick. I guess this is a this is I'm gonna go away from the comedy a little bit. It kind of was funny though, but it was just so cool. The NFL 100 dinner party, great, commercial. Oh, great yeah. commercial. That was awesome. It was like two minutes long. Barry Sanders got like three seconds of of, of tape, a little juking a run. It was awesome. That was great. I forgot about that. That, that was the best a good part one. of that though. The best part of that commercial was Ed Reed sneaking behind the wedding cake and then like blowing up somebody. I forget who it was. Good commercial. No, I try. I was that last year. That was last year to celebrate the 100th season. That was a good commercial. I enjoyed that commercial thoroughly. Okay, that, that that's a good pitch. I, I didn't even think about that. Wait, that hang might... on. Now, is that the one where the kid ran and like ran out? No, of the no, 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 one, no, right? no. but that was that was that was last year too. That was last year too, right? Yes. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I was NFL 100 two years ago or last year. Last year. Okay, whatever. That was a good term- good commercial. I like that one. Okay, next one, number three. This is more of like a big time, like Kid Rock, like Detroit type of thing. Like, just, I love Kid. This is like only people from, I think, the Metro Detroit or Detroit area like this commercial. It's the Eminem Importer from Detroit yes, one. Yes. That one was so sick when it came out. And yep. like, when, when my dad likes an Eminem Chrysler commercial, like, that's when you know he's a, he's a Ford made guy. He's a, like, he's a Ford. <laughs> He's just not. He's not rolling over for Chrysler. He's like, maybe I, maybe I buy this two hundred. Like they, they sold like a lot of two hundreds just because of that Eminem commercial. That commercial was sick. They had a great run there for a sec because they also did a commercial. I think the next season with the Dominic Sue driving to his mom's house. They they were on fire there for a second, and Detroit got a lot of love. And and the whole this is Motor City. This is what we do at the end. Yeah, was, so sick. So it sad. Great. It was great, and they have Eminem in it, and going to the Fox Theater. I hate. I hate to be the. I hate to be the guy who's like wearing the backwards Lions hat, meatball guy. But like that no, commercial that was sick. That, that commercial was sick. It was sick. Sick. That commercial was sick. Okay. One pride. Glad we got a little Lions talking today. Yeah, had to. Healthy dose. Uh, round and on Jared. What'd you say? And what? And on Jared. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Golf. Um. My fourth pick is the E-Trade Baby. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes, I remember this. It's just funny. They're hilarious. He spits up every time. Talks like he's – I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to beat a dead horse. You got to just go watch. I don't want to beat it out. Explain it. I like the E-Trade Baby. It's a a whole series. They came out with a new one like every year. But he's basically just a a stockbroker kind of. But he's a baby. It's it's good animation. They're they're on a Zoom call like this. they're, They're basically us right now. Yeah, yeah, and he's talking about buying stock and stuff, and he spits up. It's it's hilarious. That's it. It's my list. I looking at like all like these like compilations and posts on the internet, looking for like the best Super Bowl commercials. Like I, I I'm in between the couple, but I gotta go with the Snickers Betty White one. Like that was uh, it's just a solid bit, and it started a good like run for Snickers having pretty solid commercials. Yes. But, like, I, I, the Betty White can trucked 
in the game of touch football is that you feel like Betty White, eat a Snitchers. Like that, that's a great like, little slogan. I love that. I, I had a great time watching those Snitchers commercials. And no one, and it hurts me to say that because I said I would have a Doritos one in my list and I didn't even pick it. The one where the kid is like time machine and he's shaking it up and it, like he goes to the bathroom and his grandpa comes out and he's like, Timmy, you're so old. I love that commercial. And, and, and I'm sad I had to leave it off my list, but I, I like the Snickers one, I think, just a little bit better. I got to tell you guys, I, I was going to do honorable mentions right now, and the last three that you guys all said, the E-Trade Baby, the Betty White Snickers, and the Doritos Time Machine, those were all on my uh, honorable mentions list. So props to you guys. You guys Did you have, do you have any other ones? That, I, I have like, one more. Remember? I have one more. Um, but I'm surprised neither one of you mentioned. This is before our time, so maybe that's why. But the the Larry Bird Michael Jordan McDonald's commercial. Yeah, that one's classic. sick. That, that's a it's like funny, but also it's just like like it's just worth watching. Like it's just it's just very that's entertaining. Cool. That's yeah. one of those. That's one of those that you see on Twitter like every four months. It just yeah. like, surfaces and you, you just give it a like. <laughs> yeah. No, the Air Jordan and Hair Jordan, like the one with Bugs Bunny too, oh, yeah, is like yeah. one I saw on a bunch of lists. Um. There was like one, like there was like the Apple 1984 thing that was like on every one of these lists, and I watched it. and I was like, "This commercial stinks!" Like, why? Why do people like? This? I don't even like, know. I don't even know which one you're talking about. I it's like I, it's like when they release a Macintosh computer or something, and I guess it was a really big deal or something. I don't know. Oh well, yeah, it's probably a shock value thing then. I I don't know. I guess it was motivating. I didn't like it to be honest, but <laughs> I I. I hate to be – I love Boston accents, and they make me laugh, and I enjoy, like, anything with a Boston accent. So, I like the Hyundai Sonata commercial last year with John Krasinski and Chris Evans. Oh, wow. yeah. That was pretty good, too. That and I'm a Chris good. Evans guy and a John Krasinski guy. So, it's like match made in Big heaven. Poppy. Big Poppy was in it, too. Dude, Big Poppy is – this is – I don't know if this is a Super Bowl commercial, but Big Poppy has two of the best commercials of all time. The vitamin water commercial where he's playing badminton and he gets it stuck in the guy's <laughs> leg playing badminton. And yeah. the new the new era commercial where and this is sports under commercial where he tries on the Yankees hat and then Willie, the Red Sox mascot, like hates it. But yeah. the new era commercial where this is a random like white guy in an airport out of Boston Red Sox hat on and they're he's like in China and everyone's calling them Big Poppy. Like that those are like some of the best, like uh oh, Big Poppy had some good commercials. Pretty marketable dude. Dude, the Badman one was awesome. It's him and Brian Urlacher playing like Badman together on a team, and they just put one in this guy's leg. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Whoever thought of that? I love that. Pretty commercial. But, yeah, good Sparty Awards there. Good Sparty Awards there. Not, not, now that we got that out of the way, we can start talking about the Super Bowl a little bit, the matchup between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, Chiefs, and Bucks. Um, do you guys have a rooting interest? Other than gambling, before we get in our betting corner, I am rooting for the Buccaneers. I do have a rooting interest. Why is that? Yeah, you gotta explain that. Well, here's my thing. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not a Tom Brady guy by any stretch of the word. However, I have a little bit of a bigger picture lens for this because the Buccaneers uh, have historically not been a great franchise. I know they won a Super Bowl just 20 years ago, but. You know, and, and the Chiefs won last year. For me, it's more that the Kansas City Chiefs annoy me. Everyone loves them. It's similar to how I hated the, the, the Splash Brothers, the Warriors. I did not like them, never, once. Everyone loved them. I was just not on that, not with it. So 
Tyreek Hill annoys me. Travis Kelsey annoys me. Patrick Mahomes, all the State Farm commercials, they're not funny. I, I, I don't like that, so I'm rooting for Tom Brady. And I'm not rooting for Tom Brady. Here's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Dominic Su, and I'm rooting for Antonio Brown. How's that? And Sean Murphy Bunting. Shout out CMU. You're just a big time fire up move right there, Sean. Yeah, yeah, I got three. Those are my three links for why I'm yeah. rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, no but in all, in all seriousness, I'm just sick of the Chiefs. It's one of those things where I know they're going to be good for the next 10, 15 years, but I'm, so I'm already sick of them. Like, I, I, they, they already annoy me. So, yeah. Like, Mahomes yeah. is going to retire with three or four Super Bowls. So, I'm I don't not, know. I'm we say that, but like, you never know what's going to happen. I don't really have a rooting interest. I don't know if you do, Hank. Do you? Um, I, I'm kind of the opposite trend. I like both these teams. I, I like Tom Brady. I've said that before on the show and I am one of those, uh, on the bandwagon with the chiefs. I love watching Patrick Mahomes. So I'm good either way. I'm just looking for, you know, I just, I'm looking forward to both these teams, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't really care to be honest. I love Mahomes and I love the chiefs. I love Andy Reid, but like, I don't really care who wins. Uh, it depends who I throw my money on. That's when I kind of will like get into it. But, um, just looking at like this matchup, I'm like weirded out by the line, how, how how why it's three and stuff like like I get the Buccaneers have gone on this run and stuff, but, but like and the Chiefs are banged up on their offensive line, but Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill's Tyree Kill. Like do, do people forget Tyree Kill went for 200 yards in the first quarter against the Bucks last time they played? Like I I. I just looking at this, I, I, it feels like Kansas City, this is just a roadblock. Like, this this game might be close early, but I, I just – I have all the confidence in the world that Kansas City will figure it out and get find a way to get it done. Yeah, the line confuses me too, and here's why. I mean, like, I, I saw a question earlier today on Twitter that was like, what's more likely, the Bucks upset or the Chiefs blow out? And I think – I think it's more likely that the Chiefs win in a blowout, seriously. Because, if yeah, if you go back – you can go back to the first matchup between these two, but that was so long ago, and both teams are going to make new adjustments and everything. And, you know, Tom well, Brady – the Bucs are way better, but, yeah. Well, yeah, and Tom, Tom Brady's worked in Mike Evans more since then. Like, things – they're two completely different teams. But just, you know, with, with the coach like Andy Reid and even Bruce Arians, like, they're, it's just not going to be anything like that first, first matchup. But – I would agree. Just it's it's and it's this is not an interesting take at all. It's a safe take, but I it definitely if, if you're gonna bet money, you probably want to bet the Chiefs. I'm not I'm not I'm not get, I'm not giving advice here. I'm not giving advice, but the line to me is just too it's too small. It should at least be it should at least be six. You know, like teasing yeah. a touchdown a little more than than a field goal. I don't know, Hank. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that last thing. I think it's I think th- uh, a line of three is way too too narrow. Um, I mean that's got to be that's got to be the, the 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 smallest Chiefs line since one like uh, what, I think they were minus they were minus two and a half against New Orleans this year. Okay, which they covered, but you know. But having said that, I do think you know I know I just said that the line's too narrow, but I do think this game's gonna end up a close game because these two coaching staffs are they're very good coaching staffs, you know, and and like you said, the Bucks have made strides. But I just think that the um, the Chiefs always find a way to just edge out. You know, that's what they do. They win. So, you know, having said that they should extend the line, I do think it ends up being closer, you know, than we might expect. Yeah. Well, can, I, I don't we, know. can we talk about this for a second, though? Like, how, how big of a factor 
and I know this has been talked about for two weeks now, but how big of a factor it is that Tom Brady is the Buccaneers quarterback because I it am, matters. A, I am aware that there are plenty of other quarterbacks right now that you'd probably rather have. Obviously, this dude's 43. Like, you, you'd probably rather have Josh Allen in this game or maybe, like, Deshaun Watson, you know what I mean? But the fact that it is Tom Brady and, and, and for one game and everything, it's, it's all that in the fact that they lost to the Chiefs earlier and he's motivated and this, that, and the other thing. Like, that to me, and I know everyone's been beating that, beating that drum all, you know, for two weeks here leading up to the Super Bowl, but that's the biggest draw of this whole thing, is it not? Yeah, it so is. If it was Jameis Winston for the Buccaneers, granted they wouldn't have made it this far, but it just it, – it, the line would be 12 and a half. No, no, I, get, I know what you're saying. I – Brady's been good. I don't think he's been exceptional. He he doesn't look washed or anything. I'm not saying that. It's not like a Peyton Manning thing. Like, he's still capable of having a game where it's like, wow, he's a Super Bowl MVP. He's the reason they won. Like, I, I believe that. He's still capable of that. I just – it's just don't overthink it. Like, when I, I when you're betting on this game, just don't overthink it. I talked about that with the Bills and the Chiefs. It's just – The Chiefs like, and the one thing, I, it, the one storyline that I do find interesting is that I think, and, and this is the most cliche thing ever, but especially with the Chiefs' line being banged up, like they like Tampa's not a good front four. Yep, it can get after you. So I, I think that is the one way Tampa wins if they are able to establish pressure on Mahomes early and often, and, and maybe he throws a pick or two. You know what I mean? Like. Then you're then I'm interested. Then I'm like, okay, here we go. Like this is this is gonna be a football. But if if Mahomes is comfortable back there, he's gonna pick him apart. He is. And, and, and the Chiefs secondary is pretty good. I like their safeties a lot. Winfield and, and Whitehead hit hit really hard. Murphy Bunting, I think, has an interception in every playoff game this year. And uh, I mean, like they're solid. I, I I'm not saying they're not, but I Mahomes will pick anyone apart if he has time. It's just the fact of the matter. And if he has a decent amount of time, not even like substantial, the Chiefs will win this football game. So the matchup to look for is the Chiefs depleted offensive line versus a pretty good Tampa Bay Bucks defensive line. Collins, that's a great point because, like, to me, that's the biggest thing you have to watch here with Eric Fisher obviously being out and, you know, the Chiefs offensive line. Central guy too, Trent. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We got Fire we got up. all over this, all over the board here. Fire up! But I'll, all I'm saying is, like, if you if you talk to any defensive coordinator in the league who's played Mahomes this year, they'd probably tell you you don't blitz them. So you you you, yeah. you can't blitz them because like coverage. Pocket, he's the most dangerous player there's ever been. You know, like people talk about Russell Wilson, Josh Allen out of the pocket. Like Mahomes out of the pocket is the greatest football player of all time. So you can't yeah. blitz him. So so you have to you literally just have to look at your front four. And those guys got to get pressure. So JPP and Dominic Sue and even, you know, Shaq Barrett flying up there, they, yeah. they need to get pressure from the front four. And Collins, you're exactly right. That's why that's something to watch. I think that that honestly is the Bucks' best chance to win. So the, if those guys ball out, you know, and maybe force a couple mistakes, well, that, that, their that defense is good. I'm not like it's their defense is pretty good. I just, like, like you said, Trent, like you give Mahomes time or he gets on the move, it's, it's, it's a wrap. It's just who. It's just how good he is. It's just a wrap. But I mean, I, other things are really looked at. Like, 
can can the Bucks exploit Casey's defense? Like Casey's defense has been a little bit better than what people have given them credit for the last three games. Yeah. Like Chris Jones is a beast. Tyron Matthews had really nice playoffs, but like Frank Clark. Yeah, I, the one matchup that I mean, linebacker I think is kind of the Chiefs like the inside linebacker is kind of their weakness in their defense. If Cameron Brake could have a big game. I, or, or Chris Godwin, just guys working in that slot area. I think that's another way they could exploit it because Breland's pretty good on the outside. He'll get beat every once in a while. But I, I think the Chiefs are too, too well coached, and they're not going to let Mike Evans just walk all over them. They're not going to let Godwin. You know what I mean? So yeah, well, I I agree with that, and and not not to cut you off, but that's why I think if you're the Bucks, you should be more focused on establishing the run game, and I think they will because if if yeah, Rojo and Fournette are both good to go, which they're going to playoff be. Lenny. Yeah, that 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 to <laughs> me is where the Bucks can really, really, really seize control early, at least like in terms of setting the tone, and then that obviously opens things up because Evans and Evans and Brady right now are firing on all cylinders. So, the one thing is, I, I'm curious what type of game plan if they go more of like Tom Brady in New England, we're like, hey, we're going to take seven minutes off the clock on this drive, or more Bruce Arians where you're going to air it out. And I, I think you obviously got to take the Patriots formula right now because it, you need Patrick Mahomes off the field. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it, it just sucks because it sucks if you're the Buccaneers because no matter how you look at it, it's like Mahomes is going to score. Mahomes could score in 30 seconds regardless. Yeah, you could try to keep him off the field and put together like an eight-minute drive, but then, you know, he could come and equalize it just like that. And then if you look at it the other way, if you try to get in a shootout with him, you're not going to win. So you're yeah. right. I think – Overall, they should try to do the more Patriots formula, but regardless, dude, they're going to need two or three turnovers, I think, to win the game. And they could do it. They could do it. So I, I think the big story and, like, topic is, like, what does this mean to both these guys' legacies? Because it's pretty apparent. I mean, Brady, most accomplished football player in NFL already. He doesn't need anything more to just prove how good of a player he is. But for Mahomes, and I think Brady, this would be – this is like doing like a victory lap for Brady if he's able to get this done tonight against Patrick Mahomes. But do you, do you think it means – I think it means more to Patrick Mahomes than it sure. does to Tom Brady. No doubt. I, I, I have said, you know, for two weeks now, I don't think this moves the needle on Tom Brady at all. You know, think so? Like not, he not get the respect that he thought he deserved in New England maybe? Well, I mean, it, but he already was the GOAT. Even if he came, you know, even if he retired, that's my thing. It's like, and and unlike basketball, where there is a very, very good conversation to be had there, you know, with LeBron and Michael Jordan, and it's a it's a barbershop thing, and people love it. There's not that in football. There's just not like you can't do that. A lot of people are like, okay, Lawrence Taylor is the best player I've seen. Jerry Rice, best player, but like Tom Brady, is very clearly the greatest quarterback ever. So yeah. for me, it doesn't move the needle. Him making it to a Super Bowl at 43 is enough for people to – people have been stroking him for two weeks now, as they should, because he made it there. So, it's a, it's a, to me, it's like if he loses, people are going to say he made it there. If he wins, people are just going to – it's going to further cement him, but it's not anything we already knew because, you know, he already is. And, you know, you can say system quarterback, whatever, and, like, he, you know, great defenses. Dude's been doing it for 20 years. And he, he's, he could win his seventh Super Bowl, which I believe is – more than anyone else in history has ever even been to. Like, he's – It's, he's a, it's insane, dude. And no one else has even been to seven. So – It's insane. This is his 10th Super Bowl, right? 
Yes. Like, Tom Brady's more likely to make it to the Super Bowl than Michael Jordan is to make a shot. Like, that, that, is, that is crazy to wrap your head around, you know? So, yeah. Wait, can you explain that? Can you explain that? So might, it, it, Michael, Michael Jordan's career Jordan's... field goal percentage is like 47 or something like that. And, and Tom Brady makes the Super Bowl 50% of the time. That's not that bad of a field goal percentage, is it? No, no, no. no not good. at all. That's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just confused by that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the like, stats insane. It's, 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 it's nuts. It's unheard of. So then if you look at it from the Mahomes perspective and you spin it that way, it's like, okay, he's got one. He's, he, he won a Super Bowl in his second year starting. So then now it's his third season. And if he wins, a, he, he wins a second one, then all of a sudden you can start to have that conversation maybe. I, don't, I think it would be way too early and premature, but you're obviously yes. projecting, you're projecting a little bit, but you're saying, look, this dude's been starting for four years. He's won two Super Bowls or, or three years. He's won two Super Bowls. And then you can sort of have, you know, he has the LeBron-esque edge in that like, okay, he just he looks a little better than Tom Brady, doesn't quite have the rings, doesn't quite have the accomplishments yet, but like, that to me he has a win over him in a Super Bowl. That would be pretty impressive. Exactly, and if he beats Tom Brady head to head, that'll just be talked about forever, regardless. You know, yes, Brady with forty three. So that to me is more the conversation as opposed to what it does for Brady. I don't think it moves the needle for Brady at all. I think he's already far and away the goat. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, uh, we could get into the betting corner and uh, what we like in the Super Bowl. We'll start off with just our general picks, and we'll start off with Hank. Hank, who do you like? With the line being Chiefs minus three right now. Yeah, we said it before in this in this uh, show. Don't overthink it. It's the Chiefs. You know that's who I'm taking. Okay. If, if I was putting money down, I told you guys earlier I'm not putting any money down. But if I was, smart boy. Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll go. I'm I'm hesitant because I don't. When lines are this tight in the NFL, it usually means that, like the NFL they don't miss lines very often. These guys in Vegas are very very good. But I, I just like the Chiefs. I. I I, I'm fine losing a bet on the Chiefs. I'm not fine taking the Bucks and having the Chiefs put up like 60 points on them. And I'm like, why did I do that? Like, I, I'm comfortable losing a bet on the Chiefs, and that's the reason why I'm taking them. That's exactly what I did, Collins, against the uh, you know the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Way overthought it. Thought the Bills were gonna somehow you know cover yeah. that. It just it. But if the Bills win, you're just like the Bills just won. Like I can live with that. Like I that that's hard. That's you know what I mean. Like I, I just one in the world picked the Chiefs, and that that it is what it is. But man, like I, I'm just I'm sticking with my philosophy with this game. I think the Chiefs are more likely to have a, to to win in a blowout than the Bucks are to actually upset, which means the Bucks would cover the line, whatever. So I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Just, okay. just I'm 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 I don't know if I'm gonna actually put money on it, but if I was, it would definitely be the Chiefs. I don't like it, but I probably will put something on it, just like a five or or something. I don't know, but what. I mean, another thing that's a huge thing with the Super Bowl is the prop bets, too. And have you looked at any of the prop bets, TB? Do you like anything? One that I love is Patrick Mahomes' uh, his over-under for his longest completion is 39-and-a-half. That is a Ooh. terrible, 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 terrible line. That is, that is so low. He needs to have one completion of 40 yards. You don't think he's – like, I, I don't get that. I'm hammering that. I'm, I might put – You're hammering that? I like yes. that. A catch and run to Tyreek Hill counts, you know. A catch and run to Travis Kelsey counts. Yeah, I think Kelsey. Do you have the odds, odds, have the odds on that? What's that? Do you have the odds on that or no? No, I don't. But I just I saw it on uh, the TV this morning. I don't know what the actual odds are, but I thirty nine and a half is is the over under for his longest completion of the game. 
this dude could have a 90-yard bomb. Yeah, I mean, one thing we should mention, Chiefs minus three, they're minus 115. So you're betting 10. I think you're winning like nine or something. Not nine, uh, like eight and a half if you bet 10 bucks. But um, looking at some player props and game props, are, first of all, I'm going to ask you before I get into mine, are you into the like commercial props, the halftime show props, the over-under on the national anthem? It's it's like fun stuff to talk about, but I will never, ever, ever bet on that kind of stuff because I'll just get angry with myself. That's fair. You know what I mean? It's it, like it's fun conversation, and it actually is really fun to think about it and make a case, but I'm not actually going to do it. Okay, this is the one prop bet that I like is position. It's position of the Super Bowl MVP, and it's plus 800 for a running back. And I think if Tampa Bay wins and Fournette has a big game, he could win the MVP. When was the last time a running back won it? I don't know. When, when I think of running backs, maybe like Terrell Davis. I was going to say Terrell Davis with the Broncos maybe. I don't know who else. There's got to be someone in between there, right? No, but I mean, it's weird because, like, these, these running back teams don't win anymore. Like, well, James White should have – did James White win it? He should have won it that one year against the Falcons. Hmm. Did he? Did he? Nah, Brady. I don't know. I, mean, I don't think I think Brady did, but like White had like 15 catches, like 120. Like he had, yeah. Um, I like that prop. I I, I think it's weird, and, and those are the type of things I like. I love player TDs are like the best, and just like the first touchdown is like a thing in my house that happens every week on a Sunday night football game or Monday night football game. First touchdown, I like. Tyreek Hill, I think you're gonna get him at like plus maybe 450 at some books, and then another thing that I really like is Tom Brady to throw the first touchdown pass. Okay, you think? And, you- and I know I just contradicted myself. I know I just contradicted myself, but you gotta hedge your emotions when you got all these props flying left and right. Tom Brady to throw the first touchdown pass is plus 105. Like. I well, that, yeah, I, hey, say the Bucks win the coin toss and they go down, yeah. they put together, manufacture a great drive like they've done all season, and boom, Chris Godwin in the end zone. It's like easy money, five-minute drive. And, and, and another one that I like is player to record the first reception. I love Cameron Brait at plus 900. Really? See, I, that, I, that's one I wouldn't touch, but that's just me. I, if you're if, when you think about Brady, I I want to take a tight end or a running back. So I'll take Fournette or Bray. I I think Fournette for the first reception is like plus six fifty, and Bray's plus nine hundred. Okay, so you so got, just you sprinkle got it. Just sprinkle Charlie. both, maybe. You got check Charlie that. for your first completion. Yes, and, and, and if you're going, and, and for the Chiefs, McCole Hardman plus eight fifty. I don't don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. I love Hank, these. what the do you think? What's so your Hank in the mix here? Hank, Hank, what's your – what do you – you got your mind – I mean, I know you, you're not really a betting man, Hank, but do you have your eye on any prop bets? Anything catch your eye? Let's do, let's do a fun one. Let's do – I just read this one. How many commercials will show a person wearing a mask? The line's at two and a half. Ooh. Over. Yeah, probably over. I think it's got to – How do you even clarify that? That's like the one thing with the commercial and the halftime ones and the national anthem. I never really know how they're going to, like, rule it and judge it. I'm, like, afraid I, I'm not going to get the money if I win. <laughs> so, I, I I would take over two and a half people wearing masks, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Wait, is it how many how many commercials? Or yeah, how many, how many commercials? People? You're counting the commercials. So, like, one commercial with six people wearing a mask is not one, good. Uh, 
That's one commercial. That, that, yeah. That's one. Okay. Okay. That's more interesting then. I don't know. I would take the over just because I feel like certain people, like, I don't know. I could totally see some software company talking about how much work they've done during the pandemic. And they've oh, got, like, yeah, that's true. I kind of backed in, but yeah, that's true. Or like a, or like a comedic one, a funny commercial. I definitely feel like, yeah, even the funny ones will have some too. When, when does that start though? Like when do they qualify as like, is it once, the, once kickoff starts or is it like during the mm-hmm. pregame too? That's a good question. I actually don't know. Uh, yeah, that's that's my point, Trent. It's yeah. it, there's a, a lot of gray area with those commercial bets, and I just don't feel comfortable doing it. Me either. I'm staying away from it. Not touching it with a 39 and a half foot pole. Also, I will say this: if we're talking about game game bets too, I like the under. I think it's at like 57 right now. I I, I don't think this game is going to get like up and down, bat, fast paced. Just I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to run. It's 56 and a half right now. I like the under 56 and a half, but that's, that, that's I like all. I like the over because I don't trust either defense enough. Yeah. But I, I just, I think the chiefs offense will be a little bit lower powered than they usually are. I don't know. It's the Super Bowl. You saw it last year. And I know the giant, not the giants, uh, San Francisco 49ers. I was trying to, I was like, what is San Francisco's football team? I was just like <laughs> doing the math in my head. I'm like, no giants are the baseball team. But, um, I mean, you saw last year, they struggled to move the ball. It's a big game. That's insane. Like, the first quarter in these games sometimes are a little, like, takes a while to find their footing. So, I don't hate the under. 56 and a half is a large number for an NFL game, especially in the Super Bowl. So, I, I just I, – I don't hate That's the under big. 56 and a half. I guess it's like – it's in my head. It's just like, okay, if it's 35 to 21, that's that's 56 right there. That That's the that, – like, that's the over-under. And I think it, I think it could easily go over that. Yeah, I, another game prop that I like is uh, I don't have the odds in front of me, but Tampa Bay to take the first time out. Like that bet. Is that just because Andy Reid is terrible at clock management or what? No, but I just I, I feel like Brady's more of a guy who wastes the time out in the first half if the, he doesn't like what he sees at the line. Yeah, okay, that's fair. And you're going to get good odds on that. You will get good odds on that first time out bet. I don't know what it's at. It's usually like plus like 400. Maybe even more. Not plus four hundred. Uh, no, less than that. It's probably like plus. One. It's probably even money, honestly. But I okay. like. Okay, that's on my radar then, Collins. That's a good one. Okay. Other than that, I don't have anything else. Do you? Have, do you have any non-Super Bowl bets? I, I, I got some college basketball stuff that won't matter to the people that are listening right now for this uh, Saturday. Hey, hey, throw it out there. Throw it out I'm there. Not, I, I, I like Alabama minus three and a half. That's going on against Missouri right now, and I like UConn minus. I think. They're minus one or something. And I like St. John's plus one and a half against Providence. Okay. That's fair. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I've been on a hot streak. Me and my, me and my dad have been saying lately that if you just bet on LeBron James for your, for your career, you could probably retire in five years. So I, I've been good I, this year, man. Against the Nuggets on what night was that? Thursday night, Friday night, Thursday night. I bet that LeBron would have over. 41 and a half combined points, rebounds, and assists. It's the easiest bet in the world. If he goes 25, 5, and 10, you get your money. And he went 27, 10, and 10. So what I'm saying, we got the Lakers and the Pistons tonight as we record. So this game will already be over uh, when people listen to it. But I'll I'll take – let me see what the money line here is. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, Pistons plus 14, I'll take that. Lakers cover that easy. Lakers probably blow them out by 20. I like that. 
Fair. That is fair. I also like – I got to see what the LeBron plus minus thing is for, for points, rebounds, assists. This is terrible okay. radio. Over under 40 and a half. Over. Over LeBron, 40 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I'm telling you, that, that bet should be illegal. I don't know why people – I don't know why they keep allowing people to do this. It's free money. I like it, TB. You got to stick with your guys. You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. No, he's, he's been really good this year, too. LeBron James, over under 40 and a half combined points, rebounds, and assists. To me, that is easy money. To me. Who are they playing, though? That's like the thing. They, they could be up by like 30. Fair. I just think in my head, you know, 25 and 5. There's my money. Yeah. I love NBA player props. Those are really fun. Yes. I, I was on a big time Draymond over rebounds kit for a really long time because I thought it was, I was like, he has to get 10 rebounds and he never does. It's like, it like actually, it's like shocking how many, how many times he gets like eight rebounds a game and doesn't, uh it was at eight and a half every game, and I took it, and it never hit. But whatever, I digress. Good episode, boys. Good episode. Hey, Collins, before we, before we round up betting corner, I want to offer you guys one more prop. Here, here we go. Love it, Hank. Plus 600, if the Chiefs win, is the word burger said by Andy Reid. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot, Hank. I love that. That's you know plus 600? Yeah. That's stealing. I'm done. I'll take that. I'll hammer that. You know what's going to end up happening, though? You know what's going to end up happening? There, there, some reporter is going to ask him about that because, like, they, you That's know. That's true. Yeah. Some reporter is going to say the word burger, and Andy Reid is not actually going to say the word oh, burger. I'm okay. still taking that. I'm still oh. taking it. Trent, I think you might be overthinking a little bit here, man. I'm still taking it. I love that. You're, get, you're getting cognitive. Hank, that is a great bet. That's a yeah. fantastic bet. Love that. I might, I might enter Stealing, that. dude. I might, he, I might they, if they win, he will say that. Yeah, it's, it's tradition at this point. Yeah, so I, he will say that. but Okay, you guys can have that. I'll take LeBron over 40 and a half points. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> whatever. But, what's it called? Trent, did you keep track of your card from two weeks ago? Because I did. I went 2-0. and oh. Yeah, I went 0-2. I, went I did terrible. Yeah, because I took the Chiefs, and then I had the Hornets that covered, and then Navy covered. No, Army covered. Army covered. Army basketball. That's covered. right. You were betting on Army. 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. And our picks for the green and white. We'll keep track of those as we go on. But, hey, great show today. Great remote show. A little bit longer than we usually do over Zoom. But we had a lot to talk about. We were fired up to get TV back in the midst. Hank stepped in like a champ last week. Take, gunning for Trent's job if Trent listened to last week's episode. That's what he said. He, he's gunning yeah, no, for no. Hank's a great Hank's a great co-host. That's why I like that's why I like doing the three-way thing here when we, you know, when we're remote. Yeah, well, menage. The ones and the twos and the, all the bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you like? French term. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a French I term. Yeah. I know what it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good episode, though. For Ryan Collins, Trent Valley, Henry Menegos. We'll be back next Sunday at 11 a.m. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Transistor, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there under Green and White Report at WDBM. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org sports.